Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. What's up, beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. Um, thank you for joining us. How you doing today, my love? I'm well. How are you? I can't complain. Um, what's on the docket for today? Why is communication difficult for most people, um, whether it's relationships, work life, um, friendships? Why is it difficult for us to communicate feeling? Um, communication is taught. It's not naturally in us. Or maybe it is, but proper communication, you know. Yeah, Um, I can see that. Yeah. So if you're a child and your parents don't know how to communicate with each other or or even with you, it's a possibility that you will bring that on into your adult life. Definitely. There, There are several patterns that you learn as a child that carry on with you through your adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some personal experiences for you or challenges that you've noticed you've had to face due to a lack of communication? Um, I grew up in a society where children are seen and not heard. You're not supposed to speak unless spoken to. Um, and my mother and I never really had best communication skills when I was when I was growing up. It was more of her talking at me instead of talking with me. I can see that. I can definitely see that um, within the black community mostly. I think mainly like 80s, 90s babies mm-hmm. where we were raised in a certain environment where your adult is not your friend, yeah. which is true. But there is a certain level of communication that is not allowed to be crossed. Yeah. So I think that for a parent or from my personal experience, if there was a situation where I was in trouble, for example, mm-hmm. um, there wasn't an opportunity for me to explain myself. It was mostly hearing the assumption of the adult of what you did wrong and what your punishment is. And that's it. Even if it was a circumstance where I felt like I didn't do anything or it wasn't as devastating as they made it seem to be, mm-hmm. I, I felt shunned to, to be able to express myself in a manner that was helpful for me to express myself as an adult. Mm-hmm. So there's certain instances or situations where I feel like I have difficulties communicating Because the little person that I felt was suppressed within me (laughs) is still carried within my adulthood. And I feel like I have challenges having hard conversations because in my mind, whatever the person is thinking is what they're thinking. There's no way for me to explain myself or tell my truth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
was always um, a saying my mother used to say, don't talk back, mm-hmm. you know, or if I were to get, if I were to get in trouble and got in a, a whooping or, you know, a beating or whatever, um, she would say, be quiet or I would give you something to cry about, you know, and I think those are underlining Issues that stifled my communication as I grew up. Yeah, and I think that's the same for me, actually, because now that I'm thinking about it, I remember certain things that are carried with me now where I understand. Okay, so before I even say what I'm trying to say, Mm -hmm. I understand that parents try to teach children how to respect others. Yeah. But coming from different cultures, I noticed that (laughs) African-American families or parents are a little bit harsh towards their children. Mm -hmm. Not a little bit. Like, I kind of felt like it was excessive. So coming from a different environment where I felt like my grandparents, who weren't my parents, but they were at the time standing in as a guardian, Mm -hmm. would parent me in a way where communication was open, you know, and you had a say in what you could and couldn't do. And then coming into an environment where it was a predominantly African-American environment, the school, you know, my household, when my mom married, it's like certain comments where it's just like, I don't even want to look at you. Like, you know, don't say this or don't talk back or who do you think you're talking to or Mm -hmm. fix your face or I'll fix it for you. Yeah. Things like that. Like, it also depends on the personality of the child because I feel like stuff that may not be a big of a deal and like you're in that culture and you know how that culture is like talking or speaking, I kind of felt like there was something wrong with me rather than it being discipline, you know? And then we get numb to it after a while. Yeah. But still subconsciously it's still there. And so for me as an adult, like if I fear, if I hear attacking words, the fear appears and I feel like I have to fight for myself because I never had to, like I never had the opportunity to fight or like have my peace or say Mm -hmm. as a child. So it's like when we have disagreements or arguments or something comes up, my automatic like fight or flight is to like blurt it, you know, blurt it out and just be upset because I feel like I'm, I'm not in that environment, but like part of that feeling appears again. And I'm just like, I'm hurt right now, but I don't know how to express myself when I'm hurt Mm. besides how I reacted as a child. Yeah. I think a lot of my issues were just shutting down and going inside of myself because I wasn't able to communicate, which hinders my communication now, Mm -hmm. you know, because I'm stuck inside myself. It's like I want to say something but I can't trap like you feel kind of trapped yeah I can't you know or if I do say something it comes off harsh and 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 cold-hearted you know when you say it comes off harsh or cold-hearted are you saying it from experience or someone like saying that the way that you said this wasn't appropriate like when did you realize that it was harsh or when did you realize that you have these tendencies that aren't quote unquote normal in your adult life? Um, past relationships, mm-hmm. you know, we're molded by our relationships and our environment. And um, I've learned from past relationships that 
okay, my demeanor is mostly nonchalant, Mm -hmm. you know. It was by design. It's my defense mechanism when things get tense or um, a little bit more than I can handle, you know, overbearing. So I would pretend that situations didn't matter when it really did. Or I would say certain things. I don't know if it's a defense mechanism or... It's it's hard to explain, but I will come off extremely harsh in past relationships and put on a um a armor of that I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know. When you probably actually did, right? When I probably actually did. Yeah. Um in past relationships instead of talking it out or having conversations, um, I would run from the relationship when things got too tense, you know. Yeah. And you see that pattern coming from your childhood where you kind of felt like if it got too tense, you just run. I just run, you yeah. know, and it's, that's definitely not a good thing. It's, it's not good to run from your emotions or, you know, just having conversations with people, you know. Yeah. As we've become, like, pretty vulnerable with each other's, like, experiences, we're very different people, but I feel like some tendencies are similar where mm-hmm. it's like an escape from our reality when it becomes too much. Yeah. And um and I noticed that like, you know, with you mentioning like if I'm angry and I'm like snapping slamming bitches, not saying anything, not engaging, or like mm-hmm. acting like you're even here. It's like things that I I definitely brought from, you know, my upbringing where it's like all of the different voices that I'm hearing from the person that's actually not even here. You know what I mean? Like it's you that I'm dealing with my partner, but it's like, there's certain voices that I kind of carry with me in the back of your head, in the back of my head that have nothing to do with you, but that's how I'm reacting to the situation. Mm -hmm. And yeah, again, it's like fight or flight. Like, am I going to let, the person I, I want to, like, <laughs> yell at is not even here. And it has nothing to, to do with our issue, but it's, like, certain traumas that we've had in our childhood kind of show up mm-hmm. in the relationship. And I'm I'm actually kind of grateful that it's been showing up now, you know? Like, I feel like it's it's helpful to know... Also grateful for the pandemic because I I feel like it's been an opportunity to just be kind of like raw with yourself and open to observing and reflecting. But I think like I've picked up on patterns Mm. that I I don't think I would have picked up on earlier in our relationship. Yeah. And I want to fix and catch it like for the both of us to kind of like work on those things because we have a child. And I don't want us to reflect any of our insecurities or traumas onto our child. I think maybe society as a whole, this is just my theory. Yeah. Um, lack of communication or poor communication <clears throat> leads to a feeling of being abandoned. Say that one more time. Lack of communication or poor communication 
leads to a feeling of being abandoned. Like, for example, when I was growing up, um, people usually come and go, mm-hmm. you know, and I often felt abandoned at times. Mm-hmm. So I would <clears throat> shield myself. And say, well, people don't usually stay, so I might as well. It's, it's whatever. Yeah, and it was often lonely, but I convinced myself that I was better off alone, which is why I didn't feel the need to communicate. Yeah, that's that's actually so sad. Mm-hmm. And I think that you don't suffer from it alone. Like, I think a lot of people <clears throat> suffer from that. Yeah. But... At the end of the day, everybody wants to feel wanted or Mm -hmm. wants to have a place in this world. And I think what hinders that is our lack of communication. Because if we were all our true honest selves and we were all vulnerable enough to be open, I'm not saying to be open to everybody because it's like, you know, there are people out there that could hurt you or jeopardize a certain situation or hinder your growth. Mm -hmm. But really... Being open with the people that you feel the closest to, I feel like, is important for growth. Yeah. And I think that part of my fight and flight shouldn't be showing or reflecting in our relationship. Because I think if we're partners, I should be able to be vulnerable and open enough to tell you any and everything, you know? Yeah. As uncomfortable or as embarrassing or whatever. Because we've chose to walk this path together. The first step is realizing and understanding the underlying issues that reside within us. Mm. You know, the second step to me is to create new habits to Mm. follow, you know, and have discipline with those habits to the point where it comes becomes second nature. Yeah. What are are some of your habits? Like, what are some habits that help you? Just... Thinking about what I'm going to say before I say it, mm. you know, in past relationships, I would just shoot off at the hip. Whatever comes to my mind, I will say, whether it be bad or good, it will just come out. And that's not always the best technique into cultivating a a good relationship with a partner, you know? Yeah. Also, I think silence is bad as well. Yeah. Like, I think there should be a balance where you do think about the things that you say. You do acknowledge the person's, you know, comment or a suggestion. Mm -hmm. But still, I think there's a fine line when we refrain from opening up or saying something Mm -hmm. because you're not being true to yourself. And I understand. Like, I understand that you have to, like, filter out, you know, or be thoughtful yeah, and I think that that's a quality that I need to work on myself is just like figuring out how do I want to, how, what are some ways that I can effectively say this without being hurtful? The saying is, it's not what you say, it's how you say it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, um, exactly. You still got to get your point across. I think another um, habit is to listen. Mm. And don't just shoot off at the hip just to get your point across. Just listen, mm-hmm. take in the information that your partner or your 
your friend or whatever. Anyone. Anyone that's saying to you, soak it in, understand it, and then respond. Um, I don't want to say correctly, but respond in a way that isn't toxic, mm-hmm. you know, leaves a safe space for the conversation to um, develop and continue. And sometimes we often, even if we're right or if we're wrong, we often think we're often selfish with our conversations. We think about only our um, um, perspective perspective on it, you know, and it's that's not the right way to communicate with anyone. Yeah. You know? it, yeah. I think <clears throat> my long-term goal has to be mindful of listening because... I know that with anxiety, and I, I don't want to say this for everyone with anxiety, but my own personal anxiety, I feel selfish about it. Like, I feel like it embarrasses me to have anxiety because I'm constantly thinking about myself and my reaction to things. Yeah. So, for example, when we first started the podcast, like, I noticed that I wasn't listening to people mm. fully because I was so nervous about what the next question would be. Yeah. And even though I'm excited to speak to the person and I'm excited to get to know their journey, it's like I'm stuck on the fucking question. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like it's it's the way that you broke it down is very simple where it's like if you actually listen to the person, things come naturally as far as conversation. Yeah. But you realize that even within conflict of a conversation or a situation, Maybe you're on the same path or maybe you're on the same like end goal end goal of a situation. Mm-hmm. But had you not listened, you wouldn't catch it. Yeah, I've noticed. I mean, it just seems like when the microphone is there, it's kind of when you like clam up at first. Yeah. But if we were at one of your um, art <laughs> showings or something, everything just flows and you're it's like. You're in a Spike Lee movie and you're just gliding. <laughs> you know? Just gliding through. Just gliding and, yeah. and, and having fun and, and talking with everyone, you know. It, yeah. it's, it's basically the same thing. It's just a microphone in our faces now. Exactly. And I think that that's probably part of the reason why I decided to go seek therapy again mm. is because I felt like I wasn't being mindful for, of other people. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do tend to try to live righteously and treat people kindly, but I notice my pattern of constantly worrying about like what other people were doing, how they saw me, and mm-hmm. just like not really being an intentional person and really seeing people for who they are. So most of what was breaking down or like what, I was realizing as far as patterns and therapy was that I was kind of a problem, you Mm. know, like I was creating scenarios that really didn't exist or I felt most of the things that were coming up in my childhood, I was fighting now as an adult, but it's like, what am I fighting? You know? Yeah. What is it actually that I'm fighting and trying to get over? Um, it's almost like a rite of passage because I feel like I'm entering a new decade. Mm. So it's like a lot of things that I no longer want to carry with me from my past 
that it becomes so overwhelming when you're trying to work through them. <laughs> like you all get everything at once. But, you know, hopefully I'm on the right track. I thank you, Ro. Yeah. It's funny because communication comes in many different forms. It doesn't always have to be vocal. Mm. You know, we communicate through our art. We communicate through dance. We communicate through music, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's, it's very interesting. I think before we had written language, art was the first form of our communication mm-hmm. with each other. Yeah, and we drew things right before we, we had drew a language, things. and after that, Sign language it became like theater in the sense, in order to tell the future generations about our ancestors of what we did in the past. We would have stories around the fire uh, while we were having dinner or after, mm-hmm. and it's it's just interesting. Um, communication is in our DNA. It's it's it, it's a big part of our existence as human beings yeah. on the planet. I, I think that's brilliant that she said that because communication is an art. Like if if you look at the people that can communicate effectively, yeah, that's an art because not everyone, nobody learns how to effectively communicate off the jump. Mm-hmm. It takes work. It takes observation. It takes you know a pattern of consistency. Mm-hmm. to reach that goal. So it's like it's almost like finishing a masterpiece mm-hmm. where it started off like chaotic but you know leading towards the end of the painting it it shows like your work shows or like yeah the the tools that you needed in order to get to that space really reflect on the canvas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was heavy. That was deep. It really reflects on the canvas, man. But so what what made you seek out therapy? Mm-hmm. You know, was it communication? Was it how you were feeling? Uh, what what was the, the underlying issue with that? Yeah. So I thought I went to, to therapy because I was feeling like I had postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And my anxiety, like I've always felt like I've had anxiety, but having the baby made me feel scared of everything, literally. Mm. And I kind of felt like OCD about everything. (laughs) Um, But I think I've always needed therapy. I think that what was really overwhelming for me when I moved here was leaving my grandparents. Mm. There wasn't really an explanation of what was happening for me. Like, I know that I cried for my mom a lot. And that's normal because I did want my mom. Like, literally, from the age of 11 months to 7, my grandparents raised me. And so it was difficult. Like, I saw people, you know, having their moms and dads pick them up from school. I loved having my grandparents around. And my my mom's siblings would, you know, be there as well. But... um, it was it was too fast for me. Like I felt like I moved to a new country, went to school immediately, mm-hmm. and you know, like as a new student with like a thick British Zimbabwean colonial accent, like kids are not nice, <laughs> you know. 
And, you know, so I was dealing with that. And then, like, a year later, had to deal with my mom in a relationship and, like, her sorting out her own adult life and mm. things like that. But I don't think I ever gotten a chance to kind of, like, just be stacked, like, just be, I don't even know what to say. Like, just be... Have your own identity growing to yes. yourself. Like, I felt just like I... I was so good at being a chameleon and adapting to new situations Mm -hmm. that I forgot who I was. So it it was like, okay, summers, I know every summer I would go to my aunts in London. So there was a personality and a person for that. Yeah. When I'm back home with my mom, personality, you know, whatever for that. When I'm at school, personality, blah, blah, blah. There There were some instances where it's like I had difficulties talking, so I would just be silent. And it wasn't because... I didn't want to talk, but I was just afraid. Like, I'm like, I don't know who I, I don't know how I'm supposed to present myself to the world, Mm -hmm. but I know that I have to be perfect. So I had to be the one that fixed and knew everything. Mm -hmm. And as an adult or leading up to my adulthood, I've noticed that I've made decisions and done things where I don't feel like I've truly been myself or felt comfortable being myself. Mm. And I think at the point that I reached therapy, I felt like I was about to have a mental breakdown. Mm. So I was just like, we need to fix this. I have a child. I have a partner. And I'm getting ready to be 30. And I just don't, I don't want to live like this anymore. Yeah. And I don't want to feel apologetic for who I am. And I want to be happy. Mm. So I think to put it simply to answer your question, I don't think that I was happy with myself. So... Were there any techniques that the therapist gave you? Or, mm-hmm. Like, what what are some of the techniques? Mindfulness. Mm. Mindfulness was one that showed up several times. I think it was less of techniques and more of listen to yourself speak. Mm. Because I think when you also open the space <clears throat> for allowing yourself to speak and you hear what you're saying... Most of the answers are there, you know, yeah. but you don't have an opportunity to walk around speaking or talking to yourself. So I think therapy allows you to have a non-judgmental space to really reflect and be selfish about everything that has to do with you. I think there's a lot of noise inside of us as well, yeah. you know, and sometimes exactly. we have to figure out how to clear away the noise in exactly. order to get to whatever answers that we need exactly and and that's why i think the first two times i tried therapy it i hated it Mm. because i had so much noise i I wasn't even willing to be in a space to be that vulnerable and just be like okay what is it yeah (laughs) so yeah i don't know like even in therapy like i know that it's also a safe space but i'm also like embarrassed to say so much but my therapist always reminded me like we're human, you know, mm. we go through things. And the only thing that I'm here to do is to support you and make sure that you're doing the things that are necessary to make you happy. Yeah. I've been to therapy um, when I was a child, maybe 11 or 12. Really? Yeah. This is new to me. No, nah, I think we spoke about it before, but mm-hmm. I wasn't really doing well in school. Mm. Um, I was acting out a lot, and 
I wasn't able to communicate. So I would do things basically like a cry for help. Like, What kind of things were you doing? Just like dumb, like extra dumb kid stuff. Like throw rocks at cars or <laughs> yeah, like stupid like stupid Just stuff that I'm not stuff. supposed to be doing at all. Mm-hmm. And um, my mother sent me to therapy, and it's kind of foggy. I don't remember everything, but mm-hmm. she just asked me a bunch of questions, and I answered. But I think the underlying issue was just me feeling abandoned and shame, lonely. You know, not having a father or my mother is so busy working, and then after she retired from an illness, you know, she wasn't really able to focus on, Mm. well, balance everything at one time, you know, being on a fixed income and trying to raise a a boy and just her, her social settings and all that. And me not having siblings, like I had a bunch of cousins, but all of them live so far away and a lot of my cousins are older than me about maybe by 10 15 mm-hmm. years or whatever and um it was very difficult for me to communicate so I would I don't want to say lash out but I would act out in different ways in order to get attention I guess yeah but it's funny because once the therapist didn't work, my mother sent me to church. <laughs> and, and then you asked all these questions, you got kicked out yeah, of church. Yeah, and the only reason I was going to church is because they had good breakfast every Sunday. So. <laughs> they had good eggs and bacon and, and pancakes and all this <laughs> other good stuff. And then I would go straight to like Bible study after that. But yeah. I think, just like I think there's more than one path to our creator, our God, whatever you want to call it. I think there's more to one path to figuring out yourself as a person. You know, you got people who meditate. You got people who go to therapy. You got people who go to the gym and work out their bodies. And Mm -hmm. I think for me, therapy sounds good, but... It's just me having a conversation with somebody about things that I already know within myself. Mm. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having conversations with someone that you don't really know and you just lay everything out on the table and that person helps you to figure out what the underlying issue is. But just like you said before, a lot of the issues we already Within ourselves, we already know it's just trying to figure out how to clear out the noise yeah. to find it, you know. And um, when I've tried some things, you know, some some things that <laughs> I want to get us in trouble, but, well, it's me. It's a podcast. When I tried some hallucinogens um, with my older cousin, for some reason... It just took me to a place within myself, like my inner child. And 
it's like having a conversation with that child without having a conversation. Yeah. You know, and I realized a lot of my underlying issues was abandonment or mm. not being able to speak because growing up, I was always talked at instead of talked to or talked with, you know, in, in past relationships instead of communicating with that partner, I would just say, fuck it, okay. We're not on good terms. I just go about my business and, you know. I don't know. Like, how did, how did that make you feel? Because I know that with the word abandonment, mm-hmm. I feel like what I'm hearing is you didn't feel like you were important to other people. That's basically it. So. That's basically it. Yeah. You know, um, from spoke about the parenthood uh, spoke on the parenthood podcast about me seeing my pops at yeah. the store and me hanging out with him and he saying he's going to give me a Nintendo 64 and then after that he never showed up again that was like my first dose of abandonment you know before my mother got sick she was very attentive and and she was there all the way but mm-hmm. As soon as the illness hit, it's like she's so much in pain, she can't really focus on anything else. She tries, you know, she tries, but it's not always what a child needs, if that makes sense. So, and me not having siblings or, I mean, I've had a lot of friends, but it was just going outside playing. You know, it doesn't compare. So, it's basically me going inside myself and just communicating with myself instead of being in an environment that um, invites communication with others, if that makes sense. I think your story is very relevant in the black community for a lot of males. Yeah. And... It made me think about this quote by Frederick Douglass, where he says it's easier to build strong children than to repair a broken man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like your experience, like you were a broken man and you felt like you've needed to repair and build yourself back up? Yeah, I definitely feel that way. I, I feel that me not having an example of what a man should be or what a man is like hindered me in a way because I have to create my own vision of what a man is or what a man should be, you know, whether it be. But it's difficult because a lot of the examples that it's in the media or they show on television is... Exacerbated in the sense Because it's not real You know it's just Imaginary it's a figment It's what somebody creates So it's hard to Understand What a man is You know for me Mm. I know the ideals Like Protect provide That this that and the third but is that it? You know? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. 
I also think that it's up to you to decide mm-hmm. what type of man you want to be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what kind of man you would like your son to be. And it's funny because when I was younger, I always say I'm not going to be like my pops. I'm always going to be there. Yeah. You know, being there um, physically, emotionally, you know, when he gets older, just learning how to talk to him and, and learn his language. Yeah. You know, because we all have a, a different language. We, we speak the same language, but we all have a different language within ourselves and how we speak to um, relatives, but children is, is different mm-hmm. because it's like a, a deeper understanding between you and your child. Yeah. Especially for um, women. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Especially for women. Like my mother and I have <clears throat> a language that we speak that nobody else would even recognize. Just mm-hmm. like Junior will have that language with you. Right, right. You know? And just learning how to communicate that language is, is going to be a job in itself. Hmm. What do you feel like? on the topic of communication, you could do better at? Just expressing my thoughts clearly, mm-hmm. you know? Um, sometimes my mind moves at a really fast pace and it's hard to grasp what I want to say and put it out there. Yeah. You know? Um, <clears throat> I think I've gotten better at it. I don't just... Whenever we have a, a tiff, we I don't just stare at you aimlessly. <laughs> so what now? Man, them stares used to be like, God damn it, I'm just talking to this a wall. I'm not going to get through this wall no matter how hard I try. But it's, it's still new, you know, it's, yeah, it's for the both of us, especially. I mean, if we've been in a five-year relationship, but just learning how to communicate with you, you know, my, my significant other, my spouse, is, is still new to me because... I never really communicated with anyone like yeah. I communicate with you. That's true. And that's why I don't understand like things like 90 Day Fiance or like mm-hmm. quick or what is it? Married at first sight, quick elopement, because it takes I mean, I'm just now like seeing you for who you are, it learning your while. habits. And kudos to them yeah. <laughs> because. You know, as we're taking our time and understanding each other, like, even though it's been tumultuous and difficult for me. Tumultuous. That was a good, good word. <laughs> on the journey of understanding who that you are. That was a really good word. <laughs> tumultuous. I like it's been, that. It's been so difficult, but necessary because I think every, every situation or hurdle that we go through, I feel like we get a step closer to one another or there's a level of understanding. It's a learning experience. I think we're going to learn every day until, you know, we're old and, and decrepit and, and pass away. Like it's going to, we learn every day, you know, mm-hmm. we're not the same person we were five years ago or even yeah. yesterday or a yeah. week, a week ago. You know, it's, it's a constant build every day. Yeah. You know? I, I do I do want to express that as far as us communicating, even though you want to like think about the things that you say, I do want you to have a space or like a platform where you feel like you're safe enough 
to be honest with me. Yeah. Even if it's going to hurt me, you know, because I feel like that will respect me a lot more than silence or something that you think that I want to hear. I get that. But the last thing I want to do is hurt you and <laughs> I don't want to. And be abandoned? Yes. Mm-mm. I don't know if it's if it's my assholeish tendencies or the way I think. Um, I don't want to seem like I'm above anybody, you know. But this is why I feel like if we're in a partnership or a relationship, mm-hmm. you should be able to be vulnerable because even though you're an asshole, you're my asshole. I don't think you that's like vulnerability, <laughs> though. I don't. I, I don't think that's vulnerability. I think. Mm. I think that's me. Being considerate in a sense of your feelings, you know, I still say what I have to say, but it's altered in a way that doesn't make the situation toxic and doesn't. Right. And I appreciate you for that. I understand what you're saying. But what I'm saying is I want you to always be kind, but never nice. You know, like Mm. if it has to be honest, it's honest. And it's like what you have to say. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to like swear at me, but I, I, I do want to hear your perspective because maybe I am blowing it out of proportion. Sometimes I do And I need swear. you to relax. <laughs> like, and you just be like, you know what? I love you, but I need you to relax. I want to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, shit. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. So it's like there are ways, like you're saying, and I'm hearing you say that, there are ways that you can say it a little bit more I remember empathetic. So a while ago we were talking and he was like if you're ever mad at me just don't curse at me yeah and I took that internally you know what I mean like oh yeah I appreciate that I'm telling you my past life man I was a real real asshole Hmm. like I was I'm Just almost, apologize now. Apologize, apologize to all the people that you may I'm have dated that are listening. Because ashamed of the type of things I said to people, mm. you know, it's because I believe that I was hurt. Yeah. So I would go out of my way to hurt others, which is never good. Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. And misery needs company because let me tell you, baby, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not just you. Like I think. A lot of my past situationships, relationships, and interactions with the opposite sex were horrible mm-hmm. from my perspective or like from my doings because yeah. I wasn't number one honest with people or I had lack of emotional maturity mm-hmm. to be able to really state what I needed or wanted, but also reciprocate care and love for a person Mm -hmm. or support you know um so also the thing about me saying that like i have to work on understanding that the world does not revolve around me and there are other people on this planet you know that have feelings so yeah yeah that's deep man that's deep um what should we do as a society to help us communicate with each other and understand each other. Good question. Not just black people, but yeah, all people everybody. as a whole. Good question. I think that you've 
overstated this and said this multiple times in this conversation. And the first thing is to listen. Mm -hmm. I think part of the reason why we are in a space in this society where things are crazy is we don't listen. Fauci, didn't Fauci say to Donald Trump a long time ago that coronavirus is going to be a pandemic and an issue? And the moment you don't listen, millions of people die. Mm-hmm. But on a more relatable um, level, I believe that listening, being honest, and open is the way to be to communicate effectively. How about you? I believe that it starts with the children, you know. Parents learning how to communicate with their children. So the children can learn to be themselves and communicate with Mm. other people once they're adults. Make it it a learned behavior. Make it a habit. You know? Yeah. Don't just talk at the the child. Like, I see it all the time, um, especially in the area we live in. It's when a young lady has a child and the child, and they're walking down the street or whatever, and the child is crying and the lady is screaming at the child. Saying, shut the F up. You know. I'm tired of you effing crying all the effing time. <laughs> but nobody, nobody told you to have that child in the first place. You chose that path in life. So, you I know, forward, forward. so when that child grows up, he will reflect that on his spouse or her spouse or whatever, and the cycle continues. So it starts with us as people realizing who we are and what our underlying issues are, filtering through that, yeah, growing through that, and teaching our children how to be better versions of ourselves or themselves. Yeah. Do you know what's scary? As you were saying that, I felt like the pattern that is showing up and what people tend to do is become the people that hurt them. Exactly. Not everyone, but it's like 50-50 where it's like if, like you were saying, your upbringing in childhood, you never wanted to become a certain thing, but then you become it, you know? Like you never want to be the type of person that has difficulty communicating or not being able to understand the other person's perspective because you're going to dismiss it. Did you feel dismissed growing up? Absolutely. Exactly. So it's like sometimes it feels like maybe we're just mirroring the thing that hurt us until we face it. And it's funny because it probably goes down the line in generations. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Especially in in the African-American community, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the children weren't able to communicate in the early days of African American traditions, you know, you were seen, you were never heard. But also, it's not even about like seen or never heard. I, I get that, but sometimes it's like you were told things for a reason because if you didn't listen to mom or dad, you would get shot on the street or somebody would attack you or, you know, certain, like certain times of the era would manage and like determine how someone wanted was going to raise you. I get that, but. Just being negative about mm. it, 
You yeah, know? where did that come from, actually? Just, I believe it's the stress that society stress, yeah. puts on the parents. And the mm-hmm. parents are unable to process that stress in um, a positive manner. And whenever somebody's stressed out, they would put that stress on the closest people to them. Yeah. Whether it be a child or somebody in a neighborhood or a family member. And you know what? That's why like, I know that it's not a big of a deal, this statement. But every time someone's like, oh, you spoiled or oh, you think you all that, it's like, I, I love my child, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give him everything that I, I think that he deserves. Mm-hmm. So it's like if I'm giving him extra hugs and kisses, like that's spoiling a child, you know, like mm-hmm. that's just showing affection or like, yeah, to me, that's what I observe, like moving here and like living in this space and with a predominantly African-American area and people where it's like the culture is like sometimes it's like not kind words that are spewed. You know, you you never see someone kind of like complimenting or like. Mm-hmm. It's quick all, it's quick all, question. Yeah. Did you receive as many kisses and hugs as Junior receives now when you were a kid? I did. You did? I did mm-hmm. until I came here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got there from my grandparents. I got that in England. It was just here where everything that I felt like was normal to me was not. Mm. So it's like as a teenager, like when I stopped going so much back to Zimbabwe or going so much back to England, it would feel awkward to me to receive a hug or a kiss from somebody. Whereas that that's how I was brought up. See, it's funny because... I didn't really receive that as a kid, which is why I don't, I mean, I show signs of affection, but yeah. not to that extent. You've improved, actually, because mm-hmm. I remember like our earlier, like, you know, year two, year three of a relationship and you still having a hard time, like trying to hug me or like just embrace if it's not, you know, yeah, the boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, like, it's funny. I was just, you know, pointing that out because. It's generational, mm. you know, whatever you go through in life, it is reflected on your seed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's deep. So, I don't know how much time we have left. Uh, it's a few more minutes. Okay, well, all I wanted to say is, okay, knowing what we've discussed now, how do you think, like, what tools or what ways are you going to approach raising a black boy, a black son, Mm. into the man that he's going to become? What are some communication techniques that you may not have received that you're going to give? I want to give, if I don't have anything else to give, I would love to give my son or our son my level-headedness. Yeah. You know, learn how to not Learn how not to react to everything with aggression or um, malicious intent. Hmm. You know, you are very level-headed. Actually, I think that's what I like about you. And it's hard. It's hard sometimes. <laughs> I just want to. Ah. No, I hear you, but it's but, like, yeah. But it's it's tough on kids because all they see on TV is. Black people fighting, or all they see on the internet is people fighting. 
yeah. you know, not being able to communicate. Yeah. You know, they just go straight to the fisticuffs. <laughs> <laughs> so just, I'm not saying don't protect yourself, but just be level-headed and understand who you are and what you're not. You know, mm-hmm. if somebody calls you out of your name, you're not that. You're the name that your mother and father gave you. Lap it off and keep it moving. You know, and don't sweat a lot of the negativity the world might bring upon you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? See, I knew you were going to ask me that. And I think that as a mom, I do want to allow the space for you as his father to take the role of like teaching him how to be a man. Mm. So I'm going to step back at that. But I think showing him effective ways to communicate or effective ways to respond to communication that we've been working on on our, on our journey of communication, um, give him the tools that are necessary to be able to communicate with his partner, communicate mm. with his children, communicate with everyone. You know, like I think part of the challenges that we face as black people and him being or going to be a black man is a lack of communication. So just to allow him to have educational opportunities mm. where he has the vocabulary to explain himself in an environment where he's not he's the minority. Yeah. But also to know that if you're home, you can you're more than welcome to communicate how home yeah. communicates. But to always conduct himself with love and respect for everyone and a level-headedness that will support his journey as a black man Hmm. in society. I like that. Yeah. I like that. You could talk astrophysics with a a, a scientist (laughs) and still come back to the hood and talk that. Yeah, but also (laughs) be a well-traveled child, you know, to, to have, to not feel like the world doesn't belong to you. Mm-hmm. But it's in the palm of your hand. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that. I think that's a a good spot to end on. Mm. Um, people, please learn how to communicate with each other. Yes. In a proper, respectful, and understanding matter. Even if you don't like the person, just know that you got to show love. Because we all, we all are human at the end of the day. That's it. We all are human at the end of the day. Yeah. So, um, yeah, thank you for listening to this episode um, talking about communication. communication. We love you guys and peace. What's up, beautiful people? Thank you for tuning in into today's episode of Creative Habits Podcast. Here is your quote of the day. The most important thing in communication is to hear what is being said. Peace. Thank you. Yes, that's one. Don't forget to subscribe and have a good day. Say something, boy. No. <laughs>